0: Praise the Lord! Come on, wherever you are, why don't we give Jesus a big hand? Why don't we lift Him up this Christmas weekend? If you are watching at home, will you just give Him some praise with your friends and family? If you are watching via the chat, just light up the chat with fire emoji or the cross emoji. Let us know you are watching here live with us. Wow, that was an incredible worship service, wasn't it? I'm so g- glad to be here this uh, today with you. So glad that we are still in the season of Christmas. We had an incredible Christmas production just yesterday or the day before and it is amazing and I hope you were encouraged by it. I also want to encourage all rather thank all of those of you who have opened up your homes for Christmas watch parties. So many of you, while we could not gather here physically, you made your homes, your your offices, or wherever you have available, to you open it up to, to for people to come and celebrate Christmas. And we're still getting lots of reports of people getting saved and getting touched by the gospel and the love of God. And it is my privilege today to bring to you just a quick Christmas or Christmas weekend devotion. And this weekend, the theme is the clash of two kingdoms. The clash of two kingdoms. Now, it's a different message or it has a different tone to what we shared on Christmas Day. But I want you to bear with me and I'll walk you through why I've come to this theme. And... I want us to look to the Bible of uh, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. It is going to be on the screen and I invite you to read along with me. Otherwise, you can read it from your own Bibles. Now, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12 says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. When Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. May God bless the reading of His Word. Now in this story, there are two kings. There is Jesus, who we recognize as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But in the Bible, they also call Him the King of Jews. He was from the line of Abraham and the line of David. If you read Matthew chapter 1, you will see his genealogy. But Herod was at that point of time a king because he was appointed by Caesar. Now, Herod was an interesting character. He was what we call a political survivor. He had become king by switching allegiances between two warring factions. And what happened was, Israel or the Jews were under Roman rule and to kind of keep the Jews in check, Caesar or the Roman emperor appointed Herod as king over the Jews. Now Herod despite having wealth and power was still incredibly insecure because he was a Hellenistic Jew meaning he was, a, he was, he was Jewish but he bought into a lot of the Greek ideas and ideology and culture. So he tried to have the best of both worlds. Kind of like how sometimes we want the best of both worlds. We want what the best of the kingdom of God, but we also want what the world has to offer. And because he had this duality about him, a lot of the pure Jews did not accept him and they did not accept him as king and that drove him mad. A guy who had power and wealth, think about it. If you had power and wealth, that's kind of like what, most, what a lot of people desire. Yet he was still very, very insecure. Because power and wealth doesn't actually corrupt. It actually brings out what is truly within us. And what was inherent was ugly. He was so insecure that he actually, get this, executed his wife. And it's not because his wife burned the Christmas turkey or his wife nagged him to death. Not only did he execute his wife because he was worried that she was conspiring to overthrow him, he executed three of his sons. And not only his wife, three of his sons, another wife of his, Don't get married to this guy. And even his mother-in-law. Get that? This is how crazy Herod was. This is King Herod. And then contrasting, we have King Jesus. We have King Jesus. So I want to just really quickly show us the clash or the contrast between Jesus and Herod and Jesus will represent the kingdom of God and Herod will represent the kingdom and the values of this world. Because Christmas, whether we recognize it or not, is actually a deeply spiritual event, not just a commercial holiday, a deeply spiritual one. And I want to bring to you just three points today to show you, how Jesus and Herod and how this clash occurs. My first point is this, there is the clash of postures. The clash of postures. When Herod heard of the birth of Jesus, he was greatly disturbed. He was greatly disturbed. And he was so disturbed because now his position as the king was threatened because they are proclaiming him to be the Messiah, the real king. So he was very, very disturbed. So he sent the magi to go and look for the king, to go and look for this Jesus. And he lies to them. He says that, I want to go and worship him. But actually, he had no such intention. He wanted to have him killed. Just like how he had all his family members killed. And when we see this posture that Herod has, what, did, what is that posture like or what is that posture of? It is a posture of promoting oneself, of lifting, exalting oneself. And truth be told, in life, that is what we often are told or we are taught to do, that we should lift ourselves up. We should promote ourselves. We should exert ourselves In fact, even in Christmas, I don't know about you, but I felt compelled to actually just put my phone away yesterday uh, during Christmas because a lot of times, Christmas can almost seem like a competition. Who has the biggest parties? Who has the biggest Christmas tree? Who gives the best gifts? Who is having more fun? And a lot of times, we get sucked into all of this and we forget the true meaning or even the posture that the one about Christmas really had what posture was that in Luke chapter 2 verse 6 to 7 you see on the screen this scripture here tells us that when Jesus came to earth he came as a baby in a manger in fact verse 7 of Luke chapter 2 tells us that Mary had no choice but to go to a manger because Jesus had no place to be born. Think about this and sit on this thought for a moment. You know, when I was, uh, two years ago when my daughter was uh, born or when my wife was about to give birth, we were discussing where should we, which hospital should we pick. Naturally, we decided we got to pick a private hospital and ho- however much it cost, we were safe towards it because we wanted her to have the best experience possible because giving birth is not exactly a walk in the park. So we wanted her to be as comfortable as possible. But we Mary conceived Jesus, giving birth to Him. The Bible says she had nowhere to give birth and she had to go to a manger, a barn. I don't know whether you are familiar with farms, but farms aren't exactly the most pleasant of places, especially for city folk like me. It's dirty, it's smelly, it's uncomfortable, but yet this is where Jesus, the King, The Son of God chose to be born. In fact, when Jesus was born, it wasn't a grand event. There was not much fanfare. There was no publicity. There were no tabloids. There was no grand celebration. There was just Joseph, Mary, and the three wise men, people looking to receive Him. And if I think about Christmas and I think about the clash of values here, you see, now I'm not trying to hate on Christmas or or all the celebrations and festivities, but I want us to think about this. Jesus didn't even ask us to celebrate His birthday. Nowhere in the Bible do you hear Jesus say, hey, on the day that I was born, commemorate May it a grand event. no. He came with no publicity, no fanfare. He came as a humble little baby. The infinite made infant with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Look at this posture. Herod exalted himself, exerted himself. Jesus lowered himself. Came as a man for you and I. Mark 10 verse 45 says this, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served. These these are the words of Jesus Himself, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. You see, a lot of times Christmas, we can make it about the decorations, about the food, about the presents, about all this Great things all about and another thing that, that, that usually happens around Christmas is all the marketing that goes about. You get all these sales and all that. I'm I have a weakness for sales, especially those online shopping sites that actually email you and they call you by name. They are like, Dear Jonathan, wow, so polite! You actually know my name. Thank you. Christmas is around the corner. Enjoy 20-30% off, and I go, Wow, that's such a great deal! All this marketing. But yet, when Jesus came, He did not come to become a cultural icon. He came to have a personal relationship with you and I. Jesus did not come to establish a holiday. He came to make a way for you and I to respond and to connect and to access God. So as Christians, I want us to remember, I want us to think about this. What kind of posture are we carrying? If you want to really honour Jesus in this Christmas season or even for your whole life, it's not about the tree that you put up. It is about the fruit that you carry. What kind of posture would you carry? Would you carry of one trying to show off, like I have this, I have that, and all that? There's nothing wrong with having things. Do you know what they say about blessings? Blessings is a lot like underwear; it's great to have, but not necessary to show. Are we gonna be like that, the world, showing it all our access. I have this, I got this parties, I got this, I got that. Hey, you don't need to post it to prove it. Just live your life. Be gentle, be humble. For non-Christians, I want you to listen to me. I want you to hear this. How this applies to you is this, that God, that Jesus is not an unreachable, unapproachable God. You know, where you think of someone who is powerful or special, like a celebrity or anything like that, you often think that that person is untouchable. It's like you could send them a DM on Instagram, but they would not read it or their message would not even get into their inbox. Or if you're trying to reach a certain political figure or leader in your community, you have to jump through multiple hurdles to actually get to them. Emails will bounce back. You have to know the right people, have the right connections, but not so with Jesus. Because He came on this earth and the amazing thing about His birth is that it shows that he wants to have a relationship with you and I. The second clash or contrast that I want to bring is this, the clash of purpose. Jesus and Herod as kings had very different purposes. Herod, upon being outsmarted by the Magi, because he, want, he sent the Magi to look for Jesus and he wanted them to inform him of Jesus' location so that he could go and worship Him or actually to kill Him. But upon being outsmarted by the Magi, the Magi did not tell, we read it to that point, the Magi did not tell Herod where Jesus was. Herod, if you read on Matthew chapter 2, you will see Herod in his rage and insanity issued a decree that every child Below the age of two was to be killed. That is how crazy and insecure Herod was. That was his purpose. His purpose was to just take, was to just take. And John chapter ten verse ten, the scripture says, it's the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that you may have life to the full." You know, a couple of days ago, uh, my wife's family home in Malacca got broken into. And um, nobody was hurt and nothing much was taken because that home is vacant. The rest of my wife's family lives in Australia now. But it created a great inconvenience for us. You know, we went back to the house and the house, the locks were all pried open, the property was damaged and things inside were just left in a mess, right? They were just all um, uh, strewn about, clothes, furniture moved all over the place where the thief was probably looking for something to take. It was not a pleasant sight. And this kind of situations can be really frustrating because not only it is inconvenient and does not actually uh, it, the thief will not pay you any consideration. He won't think oh man imagine all the clean up this poor homeowners have to do. Let me go and fold their clothes back nicely while I, after I rank. And he wouldn't do that, right? And so it would be it's, it, 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 there was no consideration given by the thief and, it le- and he left the house in a mess. And a lot of times life feels that way doesn't it? That Life, it may feel like we are not given a second chance or we're not given any much consideration. In fact, a lot of times we get into situations, we get into relationships, we get into things where it just seems like it leaves everything in a mess. That is the kingdom of the world. Because the world may try to sell you all the glow, gold and glitter all that shines and shimmers. But ultimately, all these things are only temporary. All these things will not lead us to permanent satisfaction. And there's this real enemy, the real enemy. I don't want to get into it, but I want to, and I don't want to sound over spiritual, but there is an enemy out there. And this enemy wants to steal your joy, kill your dreams, and destroy your hope. On Christmas Day, we talked about there is hope because without hope, none of us will want to continue living, carrying on. And a lot of times, things in life seem to have that kind of purpose, to just leave us in a rut, to leave us in a place of a mess. But yet, who was Jesus. Who was this Jesus? What was his purpose? I want to read you another story. It's found in Luke chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. Now, at this point, Jesus is already in adult. So it says in Luke 5:27, Later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as a guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered, verse 31. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call those who think, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. This is the purpose of Jesus that he would come down to our level to have relationship, to relate, to walk with us. Because in this story, in case you did not know, tax collectors and all that, they were not very, they were not people who were well thought of in society. And Jesus was supposed to be a Jewish rabbi, a teacher, a respected person. And He was seen to be mixing with unscrupulous fellows. And they were judging Him. "Why Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? But Jesus is clearly showing an example right here, right now. That He would come onto this earth for you and I. It's not a dirt, too dirty or too, too low for Him. In fact, there's this theological term. It's called the, Him coming to earth. The incarnation is called divine condescension. You know the word condescending to look down on someone? Divine condescension. condescension. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize for that. And I, I think of a story. Any of you know this story called The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain? Incredible story. It's actually one of my favorite stories growing up as a kid. So I, I went to relook at the story again while preparing for this message. And it's so there's so much similarities. Let me tell you real quick about this story about the prince and the pauper written by Mark Twain. So there's this boy called Tom Canty. Now Tom Canty is the pauper. He's a poor boy. He he lives with an abusive, alcoholic father and he is not wealthy, he has no influence and he lives in the slums. And then there is Edward Tudor, the Prince of Wales. One day, they bump into each other near the palace and because they look so similar, Edward Tudor decides, let's play a guess. Let me try something, let's swap places. So, Edward Tudor goes on to live Tom Candy's life, and Tom Candy goes on to live as Edward Tudor as a prince of Wales. But then, not long after King Henry VIII at that time, he dies. And when he dies, the Prince of Wales is the next in line. So Tom Canty, poor little Tom Canty, suddenly finds himself sitting on the throne as a nine-year-old boy. Wales Edward Tudor, growing up in the palace his whole life, is shocked at the kind of conditions that exist outside palatial grounds. He, he sees that the common people are unfairly judged. They were flogged for every petty crime. They were flogged, they were burned at the stake, they were pilloried. They were doing, they were done. All they did all these kind of things, and he was even subject to his to Tom's abusive father. And eventually, the story goes, they go back to their, they revert to their original places. And because Edward Tudor went through all of that, he decided, you know what, things have to change. Because he walked with the people. He knew what the people went through. He understood. Now, relate that back to Jesus. Edward Tudor is a king. Jesus is God. God coming down to earth, He could have done it so many other ways. He could have done it as, you know, with a grand army. He could have come out in a... magnificent spaceship I don't know he could have done all kinds of things but he came as a baby and those for you who have babies before or know about babies they aren't the most glamorous things why? because God wants to walk with us that is his purpose he wants to relate to us the world wants to take but God wants to give many people think God is actually a taker Because if I become a Christian, I can't do this, I can't do that. No, but God is actually a giver. I have come so that you may have life and life to the full. That's why Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, you will see on the screen. It says this, that we have a high priest who knows of our weaknesses. He is not a God that is far away, that is aloof. That is just so distant and doesn't know anything about us. No, He is a God that has walked where we walk. He is a God who has gone through betrayal. He is a God that has gone through disappointment. He is a God who has gone through poverty. Many people don't realize this or don't remember this, but Jesus wasn't exactly a rich guy because he, did He not say in the Bible, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. Why? He walked with the lowest of us because He wanted to show that He was not beyond us. He is a God that wants to reach out and lovers, as christians i want us to remember i want us to recognize what kind of purpose are we carrying are we carrying the purposes of god or are we reflecting a lot of the purposes of the world as non-christians i want you to think about this for a moment what are you looking for what are you truly looking for are you looking For pleasure, are you looking for meaning? What is it that you are looking for? Whatever it is that you want, the world can give you only a temporary measure, but Jesus can give you everlasting life. And that leads me to my last point, the clash of persons. There is a clash of postures. There is a clash of purpose. But ultimately, there is a clash of Persons, know, every story is centred around its antagonist and protagonist or centred around the main character. Funny, I was actually looking through the internet the other day and I found this movie. It's actually called The Greatest Story Never Told. How many of you know that? If you know it, put it in the chat room, but beware because you're going to reveal your age. This movie was released in 1965. I wasn't even born then and it's actually four hours long but it's about the story about Jesus it's it it prides itself to be to be actually about an account of the life and death of Jesus Christ and they titled it The Greatest Story Never Told it was about this person called Jesus you see Jesus and Herod they have something in common in the end or rather, at one point, they both died. Herod eventually passed away. Jesus, as we know, he died. But he rose again in power. Herod, with all the, of his grandeur and his influence and his power, could not save himself. Jesus, with seemingly nothing worldly of worldly worth on, on him, rose again in power. This is the contrast of what you can get or what you will receive when you put your trust in Jesus. You may not become the richest person in the world. You may not have all these worldly things, but what you will have is eternal assurance. And eternal assurance doesn't just start next time. A lot of people think eternity is when we die. No, eternity starts today. Eternal is eternal. There's no time. It starts now. And for many of us, you know, we are asking different questions about life. We are asking about the what's, the why's or the how's. We, we're all having all these questions in life, son. What is the meaning of life? How can I carry on? What is the quickest way to get power and wealth or to get significance? We have, We ask ourselves all these questions, but I have very, very recently if only discovered that the correct question is not the what, the why or the how, it's who. It's the who. Because let me tell you this, truth is not a concept, it is a person. Truth is not a concept, it is a person and that person is Jesus Christ. The reason for this season, the Christ in christmas this is what it is about this is who he is this is truth he is truth and god while he cannot be fully understood but he can be personally known i did not come from a christian background i did not i i i i I did not i was not the most religious or spiritual person growing up but yet i discovered that there is a god there is a god that loves me and there is a god that wants to relate to me and there is this god of christmas you see christmas is not about the christmas trees it is about that cursed tree at calvary that is the true meaning It's not about the presence beneath the trees. It is about the presence of God within our hearts. The true central figure, the person of Christmas, of the kingdom, is not Rudolph. It's not Olaf the snowman. It's not all the elves. It's not even about your family members, even though they're precious, It is about Jesus. And it's not even about Santa. Listen to this. We know the concept of Santa Claus. Santa is pulled on a sleigh carrying gifts, but Jesus was pulled apart on the cross as a gift for you and I. That is the reason for the season. I'm preaching to myself right now. I feel it stirring up. That is the reason for the season. That is who Christmas is truly about. And the great thing about this is that this is available for each and every one of us. You know, as we close, I want to invite you to rise to your feet. For us Christians, I want us to Reflect for a moment. What is our understanding of Christmas? Has it, is it following the concepts sold to us by the world or do we remember that it is about Jesus and will we model our lives after Him? In closing, I want us to sing this song. I want us to lift Him up. Wherever you are, let's just get ready to worship. Let's lift Him up Christmas Day is over but we're still in this Christmas season so let's honour Him and let's worship Him for who He truly is. Thank you, Jesus. Christ is Lord. Amen. He is Lord. He is Lord. And I want to take this opportunity where I know we're running out of time and I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to take this opportunity to give, you an opera, to give you a chance to respond. And real quick, the first group of people that I want to speak to are those of you who have never professed Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Now, you may have been to many church events or to some events. You may have been to a party or know of some Christians, but you have never made the personal decision yes I want to believe in Jesus and I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me right now this is good this is live stream or it's gonna be recorded and uploaded again wherever but I feel like I just want to step out in faith right now there are two types of people the Holy Spirit wants to reach specifically right now in this moment as you are watching one person you spent Christmas Day alone because you got into a big fight with your family and you were really discouraged and you were really, really down and you're going through many relational financial issues and all that but as you are watching this stream, you are not watching just a production you are watching a prophetic message from heaven to you So I'm putting a stop to this for you because God is saying He wants to come into your heart and your life. If that is you, continue watching for a moment. I want to lead you into a prayer and I'll show you how you can get in touch with us in a moment. The second type of person that I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me is you went through a somebody watching has went through, you recently gone through a bad breakup. You were together with someone for a while, for a couple of years. Um, I don't know whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, a husband and wife thing. I'm just getting the word breakup. You broke up, and now you're feeling really lost, and maybe you're watching this because somebody invited you, or somebody asked you to, or you just saw it pop onto your screen, and you're just watching, and you're tuning in. Can I also challenge you you have heard the message of Jesus before can I challenge you right now would you give your life to Jesus God can turn your life around God wants to reach out to you for the rest of us watching if you are friends and with family could you maybe turn to them right now and ask would you like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior don't miss this opportunity don't miss this moment. And remember, if you made this decision, you are not signing up for a church, you are not pledging allegiance to an organization. You are coming into relationship with the living God. If that is you, I want you to go to this link right now. This is the link that's going to come up on the screen. You are going to receive Jesus for the very first time, and you can scan this link or whatever it is. Or friends and family can help you. But right now, continue watching. I just want to lead you into a prayer. I want you to pray this after me. If you believe it in your heart, just pray it after me. Just say this, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for the gift of Jesus. I thank you that you are the real reason for the season. I thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven me, that you will forgive me of all my sins, of all my mistakes. And I want to receive you into my heart right now. Lord, I give my heart and my life to you. All that I am and all that I will be, I surrender it into your hands. I am yours and you are mine. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, listen to me very carefully, please go into this link. Send us a DM on Instagram. Send me a DM on Instagram, whatever it is. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please don't just leave it as it is. Contact us. One of us from the church would love to reach out to you and we want to follow up with you. We want to connect you to a community. We also want to just kind of tell you what this is about and help guide you. So don't just leave it as it is. Now for the rest of us as Christians, I hope whatever I shared today encouraged you and even maybe challenged you to think about what Christmas is really about. If you are watching and if you need any sort of prayer or you have needs, there's gonna be another link on the screen so you're gonna see it right now this is for those of us who are christians and you need prayer Uh, maybe you couldn't get to someone yesterday and you would like someone to pray with you today whatever needs that you may have maybe a part of the message challenged you or maybe you're going through some difficulty we want to stand with you this season christmas and for all the seasons coming up but today let us pray with you praise the lord well thank you so much church family and whoever is watching today thank you for tuning in for our christmas weekend services i pray that you are doing well that you are doing okay stay safe and blessed christmas happy new year that's coming up join us for our watch night service if you need any more information about church Just contact someone in the chat. Send us a message. But for now, I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us here at SIBKL. God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. And I pray we can see you again soon. God bless you. See you all. Bye-bye.